Praise be Jesus Christ. Slava Jesus Christ. Please be seated. So we have uh, this week a holy day of obligation. So it's the 15th. So on the 14th we will have uh, vigil services as usual. And on the 15th, we will have the usual holiday services and liturgy will be here in the cathedral. On this occasion of the Our Lady's Assumption into Heaven, we usually bless flowers. And so you can bring flowers to the temple, bouquets, and we will bless them at the end of liturgy. You must forgive your brother, brother from your heart. May the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Anyway, these days are beautiful gospels about brotherhood and relationships with one another. And um, I have to give you a sort of a criteria about how we are to work that out. But anyway, the first place we used to say in the old days is charity begins at home. And that's uh, always true. And many times we find that there is not much charity at home. And that's uh, a shame. People vie for control. And of course, In the scriptures, we know that the father is supposed to be in charge of family and protect his wife and children. And uh, sometimes children do not respect their parents. And it's a commandment to honor your father and mother. And sometimes parents don't respect each other too much. And that's a very grave sin. (coughs) Must be confessed. Uh, outside the home, we should try to respect those of the, our community, uh, of the Catholic community, in regards to which right it is. And we should be try to respect our neighbor. So, how do we respect our neighbor is by speaking gentle to him and giving him a hand when he needs it. And uh, if we're in business, not gouging our neighbor for money. Uh, Money seems to be, they say, the root of all evil. And I don't know if it's all evil, but it seems to be a big part of trying to survive in the United States. So even the parish priest has to worry about the collections and keeping the bishop's appeals uh, moving, and it seems like it costs a lot of money just to do anything. But we must be frugal, and I've told you that before. And uh, usually, if we are frugal, God will provide us with all we need. But if we throw our money away, uh, we're not careful with it, we might grow short. And I told you stories about that. 
But I want to move on from that level in this gospel, and I want to say, how do we look at our neighbor? In the American uh, laws, there are laws that provide us not to sue our neighbor, the church says do that, uh, not to steal his goods, and all sorts of things that, but the real, it seems like the real uh, big sin is to take his life. And God gives life, and it's his, it belongs to him, and when your time comes, he will bring that beautiful life to the heavenly kingdom. And we should always be prepared for that. It comes, death comes like a wind out of the night and takes you away. And you must be prepared for that all the time. We're always shocked, at least I'm always shocked, when I hear the death of a person I know or a death of young people, car accidents and things like that, which we really should be avoiding by being good citizens. So anyway, um, our neighbor, also the gospel says, is anyone in need. And so if we should attend to that, but always remember, charity begins at home. So we have all, this, all these categories and many, many more. And we live in a society that's a, that's a social system that gives money to people. Uh, not everybody likes that. You know, it's like the cost, uh, tax is going to that. But remember, you never know when you're going to be in need. And then you'll be going somewhere for someone to help you stay alive. The greatest threat, I think, is the business about staying alive. We all want to live. No matter how young we are or how old we get. So we should keep that in mind and the way we behave towards our neighbor to not threaten his life. People don't even have their lives threatened and they drop dead. Or we get into an accident and we kill somebody and uh, we wonder you know, who's, uh, whose fault it was and who's going to pay the insurance, who's going to give me to get my new car and such as that. But we ought to be asking ourselves is are we conducting our social life in the proper manner? Are we careful when we drive? Uh, do we keep our automobile in repair if we can? Uh, should we be driving? And then we somebody happens or somebody say, "Oh my God!" Now, some of you might be practicing a monastic monastery uh, uh, hospitality, so. Usually anybody that comes in or staying with us, we make sure they have a meal. It may not be a very fancy meal, but everybody gets something to eat. And we should remember that. 
There's so many people now, I can't believe, that do not have sufficient means to eat. And they go to soup kitchens and places like that. I never worked in a soup kitchen. To placate my conscience, I took a collection up in the parish, and I sent it to the Catholic charities to help the poor, because I wanted to make sure that people in my household were being taken care of. Now in the Gospel today, we find injustice. A man who did not want to work, give his man his daily wage. And that means he was depriving his family and the people to spend it on him. I told you this story before, but it bears repetition. And we just had this pandemic, and they're trying to breathe that up again. And I don't know if the government's telling the truth or not. I have suspicions that they are not. But anyway, uh, I asked my grandmother, we had a great flu epidemic, I think in 1918. And people were dying. And uh, remember they didn't have penicillin, they had no medication, they had none of those things. Uh, <clears throat> so, I asked my grandmother, I said, who lived? She says, if your husband, she said, you couldn't be without a husband. In those families in those days, the husband was the bread maker. He was the one who brought the money home for the wife to run the family. And she had to be very careful with that. And most of our people, as they came from Europe, they were laborers. So they didn't get the best working conditions, nor did they get the best pay, but they survived, they worked to survive. And it's amazing how well they did. So I said, well, what did you do if somebody gets very sick? He says, well, he says, if they had the flu, so you get them roaring drunk and put them in bed and sweat the flu out of them. I said, well, would they put up with that? She didn't make any difference. They had to keep them alive. And if we ask your neighbor to come in and help you with that. So here's these two women with this frisky guy who's sick, all half drunk, and they put him in bed and put a board on him and made him set, stay there until he perspired. As he perspired and broke the fever, then they said he was going to live. So once he broke the fever, then they could feed him and get him back on his feet because he had to go back to work. So we have social systems that help us like that today. And sometimes I think maybe they're abused. But I don't know that they're abused. But I know I'm helping my neighbor and I always pay my taxes and I'm hoping that uh, that helps with these other programs. I always help the Catholic Church in its charities. And I think that we have that obligation to do that, to take care of our neighbor. But there's other ways to take care of our neighbor. Be kind to them. Witness to them the gospel. 
in your behavior, be a lady or a gentleman. Teach our children to behave and not be caused trouble for other people. Do not take what does not belong to you. Respect their property. In all these ways, we're being a good neighbor. Above all, we don't talk to people much about salvation. And there's many misnomers in the United States about salvation. All are called to salvation. But to assure their salvation, they have to be baptized and chrismated and receive the Holy Eucharist. Anything you can do to bring in people to the fullness of the Catholic faith is a very great gift to your neighbor. A very great gift. And to see to it, the members of your family are praying taking care of their gifts. Our young people are not necessarily doing that. So uh, two times now, uh, people call me from back east uh, and ask me questions about uh, our churches and what we're doing. I says, I think our people are excellent because they show a good family life and they demonstrate their dedication to our holy church, our Byzantine Catholic Church. So one fellow told me just yesterday, he says, their church is one quarter empty. He says it started after the uh, disease, you know. I think sometimes the government made too much about that disease that scared people from going to church. If you're sick, what do you need? You need to be anointed. You receive the Holy Eucharist. You can't run from the church. It's your place of healing. They, they acted improperly. And no one was around to tell them, you must get to church. And really, the government didn't help much with that anyway. They didn't know how to treat it anyway, and then they gave out shots, and that killed more people. I don't remember the statistics. So, if somebody's dying, or they're sick, try to get the priest to them. The priest will not come unless he's called. He can't force himself on people. Make sure they're anointed. Make sure they get Holy Communion. The food for the journey is Holy Communion. The anointing is for the sick and forgiveness of sins. And we don't forget that. Some people think, well, the priest came to the house and they died. Well, they were going to die anyway, but anyway, uh, the priest certainly didn't kill them by giving them the Holy Sacraments. It was the attempt of his family or his neighbor to save him for eternal life and say she should die. I don't know how sick people are generally in the United States. I think we're pretty well off. But there are other uh, countries that have a better record of taking care of the sick. But we don't kill people. 
we try to get them well specifically so they can praise God and receive the sacraments. That there's prayer in the home. That they're not lonely. It's very important that a person who is ill does not feel alone. He has come into company and someone to help care for him. Your neighbor is your responsibility. That's what the gospel is saying today. Your neighbor is your responsibility, whatever condition he may be in. I've known people <clears throat> who are tremendously wealthy. They had a lot of money. They died alone. Not that I'm telling you to look for them, but I'm telling you that's not the answer. The answer to happiness is good relations in your family and with your children. So my uh, son, Christopher, he sent me a beautiful icon from uh, Venice. He was, he was in Europe for, in Italy for about a week. It was very beautiful. I hung it up in the uh, common room. And in that uh, icon, there are three persons. Our Lord, Our Lady, and Saint Joseph. They are our greatest helpers. They were a family. No family has ever done more for the world than that holy family. They raised the Son of God till he was 30 years old. Joseph worked as a carpenter. It was his prayer. Our Lady made a home which they felt in. And when our Lord was dying on the cross, she stood at the foot of the cross. And in the gospel, the voice came from Jesus saying, this is your mother. And he said, take her into your home. So here at the monastery, we have a hergumina. You have the abbot, he's the hergumen. But the hergumina is the Holy Theotokos. And I pray to her to watch over our monks and make them holy. A monastery is a family, and we must attempt to make each other holy. People come, and they're very impressed with our spiritual life, and we, we get used to the spiritual life. And sometimes we're not so impressed with it because we're doing it. But it's a great boon, a great example of Christian living. And so the monk lays down his life as a gift to the Holy Trinity and to the Mother of God. And he does this for his neighbor, his brothers and sisters. Do not be jealous and selfish with your children. Encourage them to live a religious life. So now in our eparchy, we have two uh, parishes that do not have pastor. We don't have any extra priest. We have one sick priest and he's working and I'm praying that he stands up as long as he can. Uh, that is charity. The charity you show to the church in your prayer for the welfare of the church. People have the, no the wrong notion of the church. 
They think it's a big political and rich organization. It is not rich. It is not a political organization. It is a family organization. Somebody said to me, they went to Rome, and said, Rome is like a village. Everybody knows everybody. Of course they do. So my dear brothers and sisters, love God's holy church and the holy table in the church. For Christ comes amongst us and we eat his body and blood. And this is the foundation of our family, all of us in this temple, our relationship to Christ the great high priest and being fed at the table of our family, the Eucharistic family. And through this, if we're sick, if we're happy, if we're sorrowful, whatever we're doing, we listen to our conscience and with our neighbor, we gloriously take a path, to say scripture says, follow the path to the heavenly kingdom. Life begins here, but for those who are fed on the body of the Lord and are charitable to our neighbor, it ends in the heavenly kingdom. As I said last week, Paul tells us, in that kingdom there'll be no pain, sorrow, or mourning, only life everlasting, an everlasting joy. That is your inheritance, that is your destiny, and so bring your neighbor with you. Name the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.